drinking this podcast, mate? I am, mate. Yeah, I'm. Um, <clears throat> I've got a crate of Budweiser, which I've been getting for over Christmas. I've got a few of them left, and when the Budweisers have gone, I'm going to have a few ports, mate. Jeez. And maybe, maybe as a podcast first, or publicly first, anyway, with a port, I might have a few cheese and biscuits, just because <laughs> I can. <laughs> You can't eat into the microphone, mate. You drive people crazy. I know, mate. <laughs> Nothing worse than the sound of someone eating loudly. Yes, it's true. That's why there's the mute button. So you're going to have to do a lot of talking later on when I get the munchies, mate. Mate, I always do a lot of talking. That's not, not going to be hard, is it? Um, sounds like you're going to get pissed. Yeah, why not? Yeah, no, I'm going to have a few, mate. Let's have, get loose, relaxed, have a little chat. I'm up for it. Nice, nice. I got a new gin. Um, bought it today because we just decided on a real last-minute podcast earlier, didn't we? Um, so I picked up a Limehouse Rhubarb and Ginger Gin. I'm on my second one, third one. It's, it's nice, mate. It really is nice. I quite like rhubarb. I like a rhubarb crumble. Bit of ice cream on the side. You cannot beat that. And um, Yeah, this is good. It's a nice gin. Um, it's distilled in London. It's a it's a definite gin. It's not a gin liqueur, is it? No, it's gin. It's thirty seven point five percent. Um, yeah, it's proper gin. What are you mixing it with, Sam? Um, oh, this ain't cool. Just lemonade. Oh, that's disappointed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You were hoping for like a fever tree Mediterranean tonic or something, weren't you? Yeah, I was, normally, mate, you've got the drinks lined up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? I've had, I've had a lot of beer and and a lot of different gin and this, that, and the other over Christmas. Um, as we record this, it is the seventh of January. We'll go into that. What's happening in the world in a little bit, but uh, yeah, I've had a lot of beers and stuff like that. So I just, I want to lay off all of that kind of stuff. So. Um, obviously it's tradition for us to have a drink on the podcast. So I thought, ah, do you know what? I'll get a bottle of gin. To be honest, I was going to get a bottle of whiskey. Um, cause that's how we kind of started the tipple of the episode, wasn't it? I'd have a different whiskey every week in the early episodes. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was, I was drinking the gin back then. You're on the gin back then. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to bring it back, but I'll be honest, none of the, uh, whiskeys out in the shop really took my fancy. So I thought, ah, oh, do you know what? I'll get a gin. A little bit of a less hangover with a gin as well, aren't you? Mm, it's um, perfect for that. Yeah. Anyway, so as I said, I mean, apologies if uh, the listeners, you're listening back to this way in the future. But um, what's relevant quite now is we've just had the third lockdown, COVID lockdown announced. Um, we had a bit of good news earlier today, didn't we, mate? We are allowed to go fishing as long as we only do days and as long as we only travel in our local area. So good news, eh? I was, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty down about the, uh, the ban on fishing. Cause if you remember on first lockdown, we were allowed to fish partway through, weren't we? They changed the rules on us. They said, actually, yeah, you can go and fish. Obviously all the lakes went mental, which was horrible. Um, and then on the second lockdown, we were allowed to fish. And I thought that would be the case on this one as well. I was like, oh, they're going to let us fish because they let us do it on the lo- on the last one. Um, but that wasn't the case. But now 
great news, we're allowed to fish. Game changer. Yeah, so I know I noticed you sort of shared a few bits from the Angling Trust earlier. Mm. Um, have your views on him sort of changed? I remember with the first lockdown and it was strictly no fishing and then the Angling Trust were doing a lot of stuff like lobbying the government, blah, blah, blah. And your views on the Angling Trust were probably, you're a bit sort of unsure where that sort of jurisdiction lies, I guess. Um, do you, Have your views sort of changed toward them at all or...? Um, do you know what? I, I, I don't, and I think I probably said this last time. If I didn't say this, I should have. I, I don't know enough about what they do to actually comment. Um, I mean, if they, if they've been fighting our corner as much as they say they have, uh, I'm not saying they're lying, you know, um, then yeah, freaking great. I'm, I'm all for them. Um, I just don't really know what they do. I mean, Okay, that they, they you know they've been lobbying for us, as you'd say. Um, aside from that, so outside of coronavirus, I, I don't really know what they do for angling. I'm sure they do loads, but um, yeah, it's just I, I just don't know enough about them to to really comment, mate. To be honest, um, but I guess without them, we wouldn't be fishing now. So yeah, I think they're great <laughs> on that alone. <laughs> That's it, and <clears throat> this is what I'm sort of really looking into now. So Leif sort of stated no overnight fishing. Now, yeah. presumably that means stopping out all night and going fishing. Um, and I want to know where it stands for people who might be in my sort of situation where my wife's going to be working five days a week now, Monday to Friday. And I'm at home, home educating two kids. And then I've got a one-year-old who's like hell bent on just ruining whatever the other two are going to be trying to do. Um, and the idea now for me to go out at six o'clock at night when the missus gets home to get a few hours away until sort of say 10 11 o'clock chuck the rods out for a bit um, and I think my club are strictly sort of outlawing that I think it's a dusk till dawn sort of situation I don't know what your sort of thoughts on that are Sam or if you know any sort of any more than I do dusk till dawn do you mean dawn till dusk you're allowed to fish yes that's exactly what I mean yeah dawn yeah. till dusk yeah, you're talking about a film there or something, new Dustin, yeah. some shit like that. Um, I don't know, mate. I think here's the thing. I'm not saying you're doing this. They, we, we, you know, give give someone an inch, they'll. Some people try and take a mile. It's like <clears throat> it's that whole thing of like, well, I can only fish at night, so why can't I? You know, it's like people are going to start taking the piss if they loosen things up too much. Um, I don't know. I'm again, I haven't thought about it. Um. I suppose it's a bit annoying, but I would say, I don't know, mate. It's, I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, it's being like, we're allowed to go angling because supposedly it's a form of exercise. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm not complaining. Um, so I guess they would say, well, fair enough, but you could do some form of exercise in the day with your kids. Um, yeah i mean that's a good point because obviously i'll be going out and about with them in the day anyway so that would be my one take come fishing start you stop you know stop trying to get extra extra and just take them fishing <laughs> i'll tell you what the club will probably change their stance on letting me go at night <laughs> <laughs> if i take all three of them yeah yeah i tell you what for you you're you're a keen lifelong angler um i'm surprised your kids haven't caught a fish yet 
Oh, <clears throat> Harry's caught a rud, mate. Um, oh, you said it. You said take him out for his first fish. We're talking no, about just... gudgeon for your first fish. Uh, no, yeah, you said that. I just sort of didn't correct the record. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Harry caught a rud in the summer. My dad's pond, which is cool because obviously it's like like the family home. Um, <clears throat> yeah, obviously very assisted and things, but terrified of it. Really? Mm. I couldn't wait to get Tyler out fishing. I remember, mate. I remember you had that little yellow rod and caught a few bream from the backwater. Yeah, I took him up to uh, to Homely Garden Centre, saw Rob when, back when Rob was running it. Got him a rod and he loved it. Yeah. He still talks about that, mm-hmm. about how he caught a bigger fish than me. He's 14 years old now. He's a big boy. It's incredible. That is incredible. Time it, goes quick. Yeah. It doesn't seem like yesterday, you know, you'd come into our house at night, go and see fishing. You'd call him Teabag. You remember that? <laughs> he was just a little kid, like jumping on the back of his, like walking along the back of the sofa. He was tiny. I was calling him Teabag. Oh, that's yeah. awful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. I do remember that now. Yeah. 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 And now, like, it literally seems, it it seems like a, a, a very short time ago. And uh, I don't know how old he would have been back then, like four. And uh, like 10 years just goes in a blink, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Scary as well. Really scary. That's it. I mean, my daughter, she's going to be a different kettle of fish. Like, she will, I think she'll embrace it. She'll love it. But she'll be hard to keep her attention. Um, but she will sort of, um, yeah, dive into it. She won't be afraid of sort of like holding a fish. And I think she'll really, really enjoy it. But keeping her attention for more than 10 minutes will be difficult. She she is ace. I mean, I don't know her that well, obviously, but she just seems like she's a right little character. It's obviously Harry's ace as well. Um, and I'm sure the little, the baby, what's the baby called? Martha. Yeah, I'm sure she's cool. But yeah, she's got a real little character, your your other little girl, isn't she? Is it mm-hmm. easy? Yeah, easy. Yeah, she's yeah. a little life wire, really, isn't she? She's not afraid to talk to you on the phone. <laughs> I've got no idea who you are. And she'll just fly <laughs> straight into the conversation. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. joined a podcast once. You remember that? That was weird. With Fennel. Did she? Yeah, it was right at the end. She obviously woke up. I think it was the early hours of the morning by the time we'd finished recording. And I think she'd woke up in the night and heard me talking. <laughs> Just come downstairs. It was really... Um... Yeah, we went on for a while with Fennel, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. A lot of the guests we do, mate. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose we do. Yeah. yeah. I was saying about the cheese and biscuits earlier. The last one with Dean, mate, I was seriously pissed. Um, and that was the one when I think I've told you, the listeners probably don't know, but I had a few beers and then the conversation was flowing. I mean, that was a long podcast, wasn't it? We're talking sort of four hours, maybe more. Over. And, and obviously some bits we had to edit out because, like, I don't know, just got too Larry or something. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was... <laughs> It was long. It was a long mm. one, wasn't it? Good old Dean. But that's the one where I... So I've got... Well, nearly a bottle of port's nearly gone now, but I drank all my beers and I went to the booze cupboard and I saw the bottle of port and I was like, ah, oh, like result. I did not know I had this. Um, and I drank half the bottle of port, which I regretted massively the following day. 
Um, and then for the rest of the podcast, mate, I was just like eating cheese and biscuits. I just had the mic on mute. So I was just my own little happy world, like listening to the conversation. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, my missus, um, it was her friend's birthday and she had bought a bottle of port for her birthday. Uh, little did I know. And she went into the cupboard and she was just like, what? <laughs> like, when have you drunk this? And I was just like, um, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Do you remember I, I popped open a bottle of champagne towards the end? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I do, yeah. 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 Turns, turns out that wasn't my bottle of champagne. That, <laughs> I, that was actually uh, my girlfriend's leaving present. She left work oh, like no. a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> she was oh. quite bitter about it. Yeah, um, I can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, we got out of hand on, on that one. Yeah, that that one and the Joss one, mate. I was um, a bit tipsy there. It's always quite amusing though, because we always like phone each other in the morning, right, <sighs> in a real state. But it, the the most drunk I've been is the Tommy Bish one, and I was absolutely plastered. I couldn't finish the episode. I've said this before, but couldn't finish the episode. If you listen back to the end of that episode, it just doesn't finish out normal how it normally would. I was absolutely pissed. Talking to Tommy Bish, we've got Tommy Bish. Hopefully, we're going to record that one with him next week. Um, so that'll be good. Good old Tommy Bish. You weren't on for the last one, were you? No, no, I wasn't. Um, <clears throat> but now I'm looking forward to it. I think Cracking Guest, he was good entertainment anyway on the podcast that I listened to. And he certainly, he, um, yeah, he's, he's good for a podcast, isn't he? Because he's got a tail and he likes to talk. He is, but we're actually going to get him on for uh, a bit of a photography special. Um, so we did a photography special before, but I'll be honest, Tommy Bish is more qualified than I am to talk about photography. Uh, I'm better with like the wildlife stuff. Tommy's most definitely better when it comes to carpy stuff. Um, See, so he, he knows more than I do about photography. So uh, yeah, he's going to be coming on. I'm sure we'll, he'll fill us in on, on what he's been doing as well. He's been fishing on uh, Yately and, and he, I think he's had a few this winter. I'll let him tell it all. But um, yeah, so that'll be good. But yeah, back on his podcast, I was absolutely hammered. So um, I'll try not to repeat it on the next one. Anyway, mate, um, this lockdown, it was announced like four days ago, five days ago. What what have you been doing with your time apart from looking after your rebellious little children? Um, <clears throat> so obviously I've got a lot of loose ends at work to tie up. So uh, I think a lot of the guys know, but I manage a leisure centre, basically. Um, so I've had a lot, lot of work to do. So shutting all of it down, getting all the plant equipment, sort of basically what they call in the trade would be like winterizing a pool, um, just doing a lot of stuff with the plant equipment and then <clears throat> dealing with our members, basically, and finances. Uh, so that's taken a good couple of days and I've got a massive list of jobs still to do. But finding a time now is pretty tricky. Um, so that's it really mate and then yeah straight into the homeschooling so the kids went back to school on the Monday and then the Monday night they announced the lockdown so Tuesday and yesterday I've just been sort of busy with the kids at home and that's it mate that is it um, before the lockdown was announced did you sort of cram in any last minute fishing? Do you know what no not as much as as I was hoping um, I got a winter ticket for uh, water 
there's there's got a bit of history, isn't it? To be fair, I won't I won't say mm. what, like where it is or anything, but it's quite a bit of history in that. Um, and I was like, all oh, quite excited to, to get amongst some of these fish. And to be honest, I have not done anywhere near as much as I was thinking I would, um, for one reason or the other. So no, I haven't done that much, mate. I think I've on that water. I've since I got the ticket, which was mid November, I think. Um, I've only done two nights and three days, so not much at all, unfortunately. Um, but I was planning on it. I just, I just, just didn't didn't get around to it. Um, that being said, obviously uh, I'll be doing some days now that we're allowed to do days. Um, so yeah, I think probably maybe this weekend or, or next week. Uh, the lake's totally frozen at the minute. Obviously, I can smash the ice, but um, but yeah, I'll probably get out next week, mate. So um, no, I've been sorting my gear out. I do most winters, to be honest. I think most anglers do, don't they? Sort of take all of the shit out of their bag that's accumulated. I've got a crazy amount of leads in my bag. Like this year's got to be a record for the amount of lead that I'm carrying around. Um, and when I'm in the edge edge fishing, I, I'm using sort of like five, six ounces as well. So they all gets very weighty. Um, so now I've just been refining down my gear, sharpening the sword, getting ready for <laughs> getting ready for spring, really. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be angling every week now. Now I've got Christmas out of the way and, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, just refining my gear, really getting all sorted, clearing everything out. And I'm getting ready for battle. Um, you still still thinking of sort of uh, changing up your rods? My rods, yeah, yeah. I shocked you, didn't I? You did. Well, yeah. I mean, I fish with uh, some sort of kiddie toy rods, don't I? These little sort of <laughs> cult, <laughs> foldable sort of ten foot kids' toys, um, as you like to let me know. Yeah. Uh, and you're thinking of getting some. <laughs> I've always taken the piss out of Pete for using scopes, like the scope rods. Um, just, I don't know. I've always just looked at them and just thought, what a fucking fad. I've used short, I've got a nine foot three piece stalking rod, which is get great. You like leave it in the boot of your car with, you know, some other bit you can, you can fish on, on the fly, so to speak, no pun intended. Um, but yeah, the whole scopes, I've just seen it as a fad, but yeah, do you know what? I think I'm going to get some. Um, I think I'm going to get some, not scopes, but I'll get some retractable rods. Um, I just like the idea of it's very compact. I'm really thinking about how I, you know, without getting too deep and, and boring for people, I've been thinking a lot about how I angled this last year um, and how I can do it better this coming year. Uh, and I can definitely do it a lot better than I have done. I don't have the time now. So most of my carp angling, um, life i've managed to do quite a few nights a week i can't angle like that now mate i just do not have the time i'm literally doing quick overnighters and i do mean quick overnighters so i think i just need to to change up the way i fish a little bit i need to get much more mobile much more willing to move and i think to do that it helps just refining everything down a little bit so yeah i'm looking at the scopes uh or, or attractable rods should i say I think I'm going to cross over to the dark side. Have you, you decided on a test curve yet? Uh, no, I need to. I need to play with the rods. Really, I'm going to go for. Um, 
I'm going to get some Cotswold Rods ones. Um, I didn't really, they do uh, some called Pace Compacts, which are 10 footers uh, with the retractable butt. I didn't realize they're like pre-made in wherever, um, but they do some custom ones called the, oh, damn it, I can't remember. They do some custom versions. The the I want to say spectacle, but it's not that. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, they do like a custom version of, of their retractable rod, um, which is obviously built to to specification, and it's all made uh, by hand. See, I'm going to get a set of them. Um, probably get three point fives. I fish weedy waters to answer your questions. Yeah, probably three point five test curve. Um, I just don't know if in a shorter rod that is going to be too stiff. Um, I don't want to be losing fish or anything like that. I fish with braid as well, so I want to bear that in mind. So I don't know if the 3.5s are going to be a bit too pokey in a shorter rod. I really don't know how it would translate. In my head, a shorter rod would be a lot stiffer um, and potentially I'd be more prone to hook pulls, but in actual reality, I don't know if that would be the case or not. Um I don't know if you've got any opinions on that, mate. It's a lottery, isn't it? <clears throat> this is the trouble with any new rods. Um, mate, I've not had my 10 foot, I've not caught enough fish on my 10 footers in that situation to give you any sort of sound advice. But mine are three two fives. So I've moved away from the scopes and I bought the sonic extractors, uh, 10 See, foot, three and a quarters. You, you've, on. you, yeah, you've only just had these though. You've been catching all your fish on the nine foot scopes, right? Yes. And presumably you can talk about them. Yeah. So my scopes in nine foot were two and three quarter test per curve. So they were soft as well. I had them probably six or seven years. Um, and by the time I sort of sold them, they had really softened up noticeably. So um, I was saying to you before, like to cast a three ounce lead, I was nervous. Now, I had the Mark 1s, so the Mark 1s are notorious for the tip snapping. <clears throat> so I always had that in the back of my mind, like I didn't really want to give it a big one, especially with a heavy, heavy lead. Uh, so anything sort of, well, three ounce, three ounce and over, I would be scared to sort of really put the rod under stress on the cast. Um, playing fish-wise, I just think it's they were lovely. They really were sort of lovely to play the fish play the fish on i think any sort of shorter rod like you know with your nine foot rod like playing the fish is great fun mm-hmm. um you feel a lot more in contact with the fish certainly than a 12 foot rod but they'd softened up and the waters i was fishing now um more so than previous had sort of um they got a lot more weeds and i was i mean i was getting weeded up by bream do you know what i mean like a bream would pick up a lead and straight into the weed bed and the rods would just be sort of keeled over do you know what i mean um, they just weren't man enough for what I needed, hence the sale. And I went to the extractors. And I do like the extractors. They are a fantastic rod for the money. But you've got to sort of bear in mind that they're 60 quid a rod. Um, I don't think they're as nice as the scopes, but then the scopes are 200 quid a rod. So you've got to sort of uh factor that in but yeah make the, the extractors they are great rods for the money um i guess i've got a little budget sort of set up at the minute but i'm enjoying using it uh the, the things i don't like about the extractors are <clears throat> they've got a very short butt section so from the real seat to the butt of the rod is very short in comparison with the scopes 
so I find accuracy on big chucks um, is, a, is, a, is a problem for me. Um, and the other thing I don't like about them is the line clip. Uh, they may as well not have a line clip because they are useless, absolutely useless. But that's it, really. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, you know, talking about what test curve to go for, it's not just about the test curve. It's the, you know, the action of the rod. You know, it's it, you can have a higher test curve, but it'd be like a real through action and vice versa. So I think that that factors in. So I need to, ideally, I need to go and have a, a play with, the, the rods um you do the trouble with that though is you you won't be able to experience playing a fish do you know what i mean <clears throat> that's the trouble get the other guy on the end of the rod pretend to be a fish give it a bit take a bit of line yeah, yeah i know what you mean mate i know what you mean um but yeah anyway see it's, it's, it largely doesn't matter does it i'll sort it out um yeah i think i'll be crossing across to your dark side mate your voodoo how how far do you reckon you could chuck a lead with your three and a quarters, your 10 foot three and a quarter um, sonic ones? When I got them, um, <clears throat> I gave them all to chuck in a, one of the fields down the road. Um, and that was with 12 pound mono and I was hitting 90 yards sort of regularly. That's without a lead, bare lead, um, without no, a rig, sorry. No rig, yeah. Yeah, and I was just 90 yards sort of like every chuck. But that was in really, really windy conditions. Um, so I put myself in a crosswind, basically. So I wasn't casting into the wind. I didn't have the wind behind me. Realistically, without the wind, I'd get them further, a lot further. But my actual fishing, uh, I don't fish those distances, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know. Do you, are you going to be accurate at, at 90 yards, do you reckon, or 100 yards? Me, no, but I don't fish those distances regularly. With with practice, probably. Um, but no, but I think that's that more down to me being the end user rather than the product. Yeah, but you, I mean, you're casting it how you would do to place it where you're not doing like a mad side beach cast or anything <laughs> to get it like that. No, no, no. Yeah, just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could you could get it accurate for sure. Yeah, mm. yeah. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, I'm quite excited to to have a little bit of a play with them, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, just like re re reducing the amount I take. <clears throat> Sounds silly, like my tripod. I've got a really heavy tripod for my camera. Uh, it can go up as high as my head, and I'm five foot 11. <laughs> I don't need that kind of tripod for carp angling, do I? Um, so, like, even things like changing that for something lighter and, and uh, you know, maybe a bit smaller pack down um you know my backpack i'm getting an even smaller one <clears throat> just everything just like really refining down even my barrow um you first told me about the fox explorer is it yeah um, and i've seen since seen someone on the bank with one you know who i've uh, sort of got friendly with and um and had a little look at his and they're just nice and small and dinky and yeah, everything. I just want to get smaller. I mean, I know largely it doesn't, you're banging it on a barrow. Does it really matter? I kind of think it does to a, to a certain degree. Um, so yeah, anyway, to long winded answer to, to, uh, to whatever came about, I think uh, what I've been doing is just refining down my gear and, and figuring out what I'm going to do for, for this year going forward. To be here's, honest with you. Here's one for you, mate. Mm. 
so with your shorter sort of rods and presumably you'll be getting a two piece <clears throat> like landing net handle or something to go to go with those what about a brolly mate are you still going to stick with your big sort of chunky brolly would you be looking at maybe like a smaller shelter something that packs down a little bit smaller we say my big chunky brolly is just a 60 inch brolly isn't it it's just the esp brolly yeah but you well yeah it's exactly what i've got yeah but it doesn't it doesn't fit in your holdall. do you know what i mean it's um it's the same sort of pack down as your 12 foot rods isn't it it's a six foot bit of kit do you think you'd be looking at getting something smaller I don't know. I like the the ESP hideout, as you know. I've spoken about this. I think I spoke about this probably over a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that I don't need the storm poles and all that jazz. I don't know. I mean, obviously, a 50-inch brolly would, would pack down a little bit smaller. I used to use a 50-inch brolly, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I suppose you could go too far with it, couldn't you? Um, do you know what, mate? I haven't thought about that. <laughs> uh, don't know pass remember the nash recon brolly i think i put you onto that didn't i you see that fitted oh, in the nine foot <laughs> scope holder hey, that was horrendous that's, that's... a little bit tight <laughs> oh my god i'm used to a fifth I, I mean i had a, a 50 inch nash hog was it groundhog or hog um mm. i love that brolly that was an awesome bit of kit you know slate nash all you want but that was a freaking good brolly years ago obviously um so I was happy with that 50 inch, but the the scope recon was it? That's a step too far. It's fucking tiny. Yeah, that's too much for me. I I'm too old for, to be like cramming myself in that thing. No. You know what I find with the the ESP one? I just wish they had sort of slightly sort of flatter ribs at the back. I find my bed chairs right up at the front. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> okay. Mm. The thing is, you can move the, you know, the extending ribs. Mm -hmm. You can move them so wide, so the front's oh, yeah. so low, you're going to get the rain off of you, even if you're open fronted. You know, it, so the bit of space at the back where you put your your stuff back there, don't you? I don't. It doesn't bother me at all, really. I mate, yeah, no, I get, I get it. It's just acres of space at the back. Mm. Um. <clears throat> I only gripe with it. I think it's a fantastic bit of kit and I won't be getting rid of it anytime soon. There we go. Anyway, at the minute, we can't do nights, can we? We're stuck with days with this uh, new lockdown. So, I mean, I know you're probably not going to be doing that much carp angling. Um, but if you were, how would you be going about your day angling? Because I think that's probably a question on a lot of carp anglers' minds at the moment. First of all, like day sessions are, I've really enjoyed doing day sessions. It just reminds me of being young again um, <clears throat> when you do primarily sort of day fishing. How would I change it up? Um, just being prepared to be mobile, uh, watch the water. It's the same old boring stuff, isn't it, really? But location is key, especially this time of year. You got to find the fish, haven't you? You got to find the fish and prepare to be mobile. Um, from a an angling perspective, I think just baiting lightly um, with sort of like using liquids. Um, liquids are your friend, aren't they? This time of year, yeah. 
uh, and go from there. I know at the moment, mate, I don't want to steal your thunder. You've been using ground bait, haven't you? Mm, yeah. Is there, anything you sort of, is there anything you want to sort of um, go into? Uh, with ground bait or how I do days? Just, I guess, well, both, but but ground bait in particular. Um, it's becoming quite popular again, isn't it? Ground bait. And I was just wondering, sort of, I know you've been using it a little bit. I'd be quite interested uh, if you're using like a dedicated ground bait or if you're really sort of blending up your boilies and creating your own thing. Uh, I just think it's quite a good topic. No, I mean, uh, in winter, I've always used uh, boily crumbs. It just you know blitz boily up in the in the blender um you know you, you the thing is in the winter you don't want to feed them up you're lit well me anyway i'm fishing just for a bite i'm not looking for a hit i mean i don't fish those kind of waters anyway but you're just looking for a bite in the winter so mm-hmm. you, you, you don't want to feed the fish up but you want lots of attraction and the, the location really i mean it's location is always important in the winter it's even more so because the fish are not moving anywhere near as much generally speaking um so yeah i've used uh I, you know i've used boily crumb for a long time because it doesn't f- fill them up it takes on um liquids very very well which obviously don't fill up the the cart but emit um lots of food signals uh but yeah ground bait um to answer your question i i use a ready-made ground bait i'm using kenny gates bait i've, I've spoke about that before um and he has he has these ground baits um that he's actually it's not just he hasn't just like put the base mix in a bag and so he's actually worked on them quite quite extensively as far as i can gather uh he's he's quite proud of them and, and rightly so they're very good um so it's a dedicated ground bait um he you know he, he gives me this like glug stuff to to use with it but i add my own bits as well um at the minute i'm adding essential oils now you obviously you would want to be careful essential oils are highly concentrated you can definitely overdo them uh, a lot most of them you can definitely overdo very easily um but as it's winter i am using some essential oils um at very low levels in with the ground bait so what i do is i, I make up my liquid with a blend of things i like to use at this time of year and i add some drops of uh, essential oil in that um you can definitely smell it it definitely comes through um and uh yeah i'm i'm fishing with that um and 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 just a a hook bait over the top not really using any free offerings in the form of boilies um that tends to be how i fish in the winter um and and sometimes i'll add in liquids as well um you know just on their own without the aid of any boily crumb or or ground bait or anything like that um of course i'm using my own hook baits as i as i always do um yeah that's pretty much it mate it's finding trying your best to find the fish is absolutely key um can often be very very hard um but yeah that's basically what i'm doing i think something i'd recommend to people and this is something i've made the mistake previous years and looking at my fishing now i'm not doing myself any favors again but would be the selecting your water especially if you want to catch a few fish Uh, it's hard enough as it is in the winter that fishing the right water and fishing a venue that's shallower um i think is probably pretty sound advice definitely (laughs) 
there's a reason I've been able to get a winter ticket on this uh, this place that, <laughs> that's quite hard. To, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, freaking ball breaker. Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, do you want to? It's, it's horses for courses, isn't it? Do you want to catch some fish in the winter? Nothing wrong with that. You need to get yourself to a to a higher stock venue, ideally that isn't overly deep. Um, equally, some people, you know, just just want to ride it out for maybe that one real special winter capture on the harder lakes. I mean, I don't know about you, like say, say if you caught your target fish or or just a really special fish it would kind of mean more to catch it in the winter than it would the, the spring, for example, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Everything about it would just be, even that the fish would just be looking prime, you know, just everything about it would be a lot more special. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've always liked looking at um, like historics, you know, special fish in, in their winter shots, you know, for the, the rare times they come out in winter. Um, you look at those shots and it's just like, well, I don't know. It just, it, it stirs you up even more. It does me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's um, it can be difficult motivating yourself in winter because it's freaking cold. Obviously everything's just a little bit more miserable. There's not as much daylight. So you can't watch the water as much. You can obviously listen, but it gets a little bit harder from that point of view. If you add on top the fact that you're fishing a low stock water, um yeah it can get quite hard um and demotivating but um it hasn't bothered me that much this year to be i mean to be honest i haven't fished there that much as i said i've only done two nights and and um and three days in the last two months um well month and a half but uh i guess i'm used to blanking so it doesn't really bother me but you've got a chance for a bit of magic, haven't you? And that's the difference. Yeah, <clears throat> like, yeah, it, it'll happen as well, mate. I'm, I'm I don't want to. I don't mean to sound big-headed at all. I'm not. Um, but uh, I, I think I'll. I think I'll have one. I do. I've got a feeling. Nice, nice. It has been super cold as well, isn't it? Recently. Yeah. You're saying it's literally got a lid on it now, is it? The the whole lake is solid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's not so. Yeah, what we were having a chat earlier, weren't we, on the phone? Um, you're like, it's colder up here. And I'm like, well, it's pretty cold down here, mate. But yeah, lakes aren't sort of frozen over down here like that. Yeah, we left the house earlier, it was minus four. Okay, cold. yeah, it's fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, it might be yeah, minus 4.5, I think the car said it mm. proper cold around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I did a night last week and it was bitter i was a bit annoyed because i wanted to do a night earlier in the week and uh, to be honest i wasn't feeling very well um don't really want to bore people but yeah whatever wasn't really feeling very well and it was the night where i knew we were forecast snow and i really really wanted to go out fishing but i just knew if i went i would have just screwed myself over um so i went a little bit later in the week and yeah absolutely bitterly cold there were times in the night i'd wake up and think like what are you doing peter but there's one of those there's every chance that um i could have caught something a little bit special there's every chance you know you're gonna catch that winter fish um but like we were saying earlier with picking your lakes i was looking out and thinking i've probably got 40 foot depth of water in front of me if i just give it a remotely sort of um half a 
half a decent sized chuck i'm chucking into 40 foot of water so i just don't think it's probably the the best bet for a winter bite but yeah so that, so that's it really what depth yeah. were you fishing in you weren't fishing in 40 foot obviously no no so i had fishing two rods um uh, what probably about one of them was maybe i don't know five five or six foot the other one about 10 probably just rods in the edge, just a little few handfuls of bait over each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and talking of you saying you're using essential oils in your mix, I'd um I'd glazed my my boilies in a little bit of essential oil, um, using the sweet orange oil, which I think everyone's sort of heard about on the podcast now, um, with yeah. Dean's exploits as well. I get a lot of messages about that. <laughs> I really mm. do. Yeah. Yeah. You're actually glazing your, your hook bait or your free offerings? I was literally glazing the offerings. That's ballsy with uh, essential oil. It is. It is. But I tell you what, if you taste that oil yourself, yeah. it is not overpowering at all. Sweet, it's, isn't it? It's delicious, to be honest. We were talking about like gins earlier. So I really enjoyed sort of like the orange, like the blood orange gins or whatever. And I was thinking like I could put that in a gin and tonic. <laughs> I think it would just make it even nicer. <laughs> um, but it's delicious. And yeah, it's um, it's certainly palatable to me. I don't think it would, at that sort of levels I was putting on, would it be too much? Possibly. I don't know. Um it's not something I've really done before, to be honest. I was a, it was a first timer. Um, complimented the bait beautifully, though. I was smelling it all night. I was enjoying it. It's it's a good oil. It definitely is. Uh, it's one of the better oils that I've experimented with this year, for sure. So uh, yeah, thanks for thanks to Dean for that. Really, wasn't it? It was Dean that put us onto that um, in our first chat with him. Yeah, it was. I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to sound sort of like one upsman but i actually got my bottle before that podcast oh never used it but i did have a bottle of orange sweet because i had seen it on a forum somewhere (laughs) 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 oh my gosh you just yeah yeah that's what you do isn't it let other people do hard work and then jump on it yeah well it'd be silly not to i guess um, I'm I could I could buy every essential oil in the essential oil shop. That's, That's... literally what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Essential oils. Oh man, I've said this before, but they're just underused. Like, I don't. I. Do, they used to be quite fashionable. To be to be fair, um, I think when we started using them, they were just used a lot more. And I just think now I just a little bit forgotten about. Maybe I don't know. Um, I tell you what, though, we actually had a question earlier and it was just too long to answer, to be honest with you. So as we were recording this podcast tonight, I said, you know what, mate, there's a lot of things to cover. So I'll just answer it tonight. Um, and the question is, I mean, it's don't get mistaken, folks, that the question isn't um, like, you know, groundbreaking. And that's why we're covering it here. It's literally just because. Uh, it was just be too much for me to type out. Um, we He literally asked just before uh, we started recording. So I thought, you know what? I'll just answer it in the podcast. Um, so it's Andy. Um, 
He said, uh, blah, 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 blah. A few questions. Why can't you add as many amazing liquids, etc., to a bait as suggested in a previous listener's question? I know you mentioned choose what you want to aim for sort of thing. Does this have too many really good liquids or ingredients mix up the sea? So he's basically saying, why can't you just say if there's like five really good liquids that you're a fan of, why can't you just use them more? Or is it like mixing up the signals uh, and making it more ineffective or something? That's basically what he's asking. That's the first part of his question. Let's start with that one. What would you say to that, Pete? I've obviously got a strong opinion on this, but you go for it, mate. Well, there's, there's, there's two sides to it, isn't there? First of all, do you know what? If you're confident in it, mix them all together and put them in and sort of see how your results go. Um, I've done it in the past. And I can pretty much, talking from experience, know that I'm not getting any more spectacular results from doing that. Um, I think it's very much a case of just picking what you're confident in and using it in that bait and picking a liquid that you know is going to complement the ingredients within the bait. Now, that's saying sort of like a certain liquid you might think would, would complement one ingredient in the bait. Another one would complement a completely different base mix and a different bait. But realistically, you don't know until you've tried it and you've tested it. Yeah, that's what it boils down to, actually, doesn't it? You know, we, <clears throat> you can get as fancy with the answers as you want, but it boils down to does it does it work better or not? Like, I think it was, I can't remember who's, one of our podcast guests said it, it might be Dean. He said, the fish will tell you everything you need to know. And uh, he basically what he's saying, if it was Dean, mm -hmm. whoever said it, basically what they're saying is you just need to test it. Like you can theorize all you want. Is theorize a word? You can have a theory all you want. You got to test it on the fish. They will tell you <clears throat> if it's right or not. Um, for me, it's just like a, a lot of things that that you could use, they might be doing the same thing. So they might be really effective because they've got a lot of monosaccharide, like a simple sugar in, for example. Or they might be really effective because they're yeast content or they're amino acid. You could add in a couple of liquids that are basically bringing the same things to the party. Now, they might be bringing slightly different things as well, and they might be giving different leak-off rates, solubility rates, etc. So that could be a plus. But I guess that would be one reason why you wouldn't want to confuse things. As well as that, personally, I've said this myself to Dean. I don't think we went anywhere with it, and I don't. I don't know if he agreed or disagreed. I can't remember, to be honest, because I was pissed. Um, but I think maybe you can have too much going on. Like, I've likened it to lighting up different lights within the carp. Um, let's say um, amino acids light up one light, um, and then maybe a uh, like yeast will light up a different light. Sugar will light up a different light. Is it a case of the more lights that you light up in that carp's brain, the better? Or actually, does it somehow diminish things? Um, and then on top of that, you know, does the combinations of lights that you're lighting up, does that matter? I think you can overdo it. Um, I really, really do. And I think you can, it can get to a point where it's counterproductive. So hopefully we're answering this question. I mean, first off, test. Second of all, just be aware that maybe adding lots of different liquids or powders or whatever together 
it might come to a point where more is not better and they're almost working against each other and confusing the carp and maybe putting the carp off a little bit. Yeah, do you find you always sort of head back to the same old liquids? Um, no. Mm, no, because I'm finding out about, I'm finding new liquids all the time. Um, and I'm trying new things all the time. I mean, there's some time, you know, there's some things I've used for ages that you can't get anymore. L030, freaking great. Haven't been able to get that for a long time. Um, you know, so you move on to something else. In my case, I, I like the Salmigo. Um, so some things you have to, you're forced to change away from because they're no longer very available. Other things, I mean, like molasses, you know, Timeless Classic, not, not the mm. biggest fan of, fan of it myself. I know you love it, Pete um but but no to answer your question no I'm, I'm always using different things um yeah no I, I i think i'm i think if anything i'm probably the opposite and sometimes i'll forego what i know works really well in the hope that you're finding that like wonder ingredient that wonder liquid and i think a lot of people are guilty of that you're always looking for that sort of magic bullet um so no no i don't think so mate i think i experiment a lot but sure there's some things that i i mean like the we've spoke about this in length the squid brand fish sauce i think we spoke about that on our first or second podcast and i've used that for many 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 years way long way before i was ever thinking of a podcast way before podcasts even existed or carp angling ones at, at least um that's something that i'll probably always use i, I can't envisage a year roll by that i don't use squid brand fish sauce unless it goes under and then you know it's on to something else isn't it yeah timeless classic and you mentioned earlier like molasses for me especially in winter if i'm doing a winter mix or something i just like molasses in there yeah yeah Catractor. yeah it definitely is definitely inexpensive as well mm, completely completely mm. Uh, hopefully we've answered the first part of Andy's question. Um, second part was also washing out baits. I know it's a good tactic, but surely the liquids that have been added in first are wasted to an extent. Is this correct? Or do you know to what level the ingredients, liquids, etc., are wasted? So I think he's saying if you add a load of liquids to your boilies, and then wash them out. Well, that's you're undoing the work, which I would agree with. That's kind of pointless. Um, so I mean, it, it, it depends what you mean by adding the liquids. If you if you mean adding the liquids to the eggs and then rolling your bait, that's one thing. I mean, it's not just the liquids that will that will soak out when you when you wash out your baits. It's also the the, the soluble ingredients. Um, the whole idea of, of washing out baits, I think people get a little bit confused on um, that the whole like, oh, you're washing them out so they look paler. It looks like they've been on the lake bed for a while. Yeah, sure, there is an element of truth of that. But as well as that, by soaking your boilies in water, you can actually increase their attractiveness. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's just say you get a boilie out of the bag, throw it in the water. That boily has to soak in water to its maximum capacity before it can fully leach out all its attractors all of its food signals 
right? Because it has to draw in water before it can pump out. So actually, you know, soaking your boilies for 24 hours before you put them in the lake bed, as soon as you put them in the lake, they're actually letting out attractors immediately. So it can actually make them more attractive in the short term. Now, of course, because you're soaking it in water, yeah, you're going to get some of the solubles come out. So that definitely factors in. Um, what I wouldn't do is hydrate my baits with a liquid and then go and wash them out in water. Because, yeah, you're right. That would be total waste of time because you're washing off the liquid additives that you've soaked your baits in. So I wouldn't do that. Um, it just depends how you go about doing it. Have I clear on that, Pete, or, or not? What's your opinion? Yeah, everything you said sort of made sense. Um, so there's a couple of different, two different things I'd add. So first of all, a lot of people talk about washing in, don't they? So rather than washing sort of like the, the liquid attractor or the soluble ingredients out of a bait, people are washing with a, with a liquid of choice. So that way the bait's absorbing, I guess, more attractors in the process. Realistically, is it going to, lose some attractors from outside of the bait yeah probably um but it depends how much liquid you're putting them in uh, if they're absorbing all the liquid then they're only taking it in um but i think for me the main reason um why washed out baits are so good is because they soften the bait up i think that's a huge mm. huge factor so like you alluded to sam when the bait's super soft and they're releasing all of their attractiveness anyway um and i personally think carp very much so enjoy a softer bait um <clears throat> and so that's something i do now especially if i'm not prepared um i don't mind putting hot water on my baits now uh, to speed that process up to really soften them up um if i'm not organized and i haven't got a couple of days beforehand uh, the bait i'm using at the moment is super hard um, that's one thing i really don't like about it it's too firm uh, the company air dry them. Um, they're not freezer baits. They're not exactly a shelf life bait, but he air dries them. Basically they're stored air drying. So when you get them, I feel like they've lost a lot of that freshness. Um, and you do, I like to give them a good soaking before I go fishing. So if I'm a little bit unorganized or I'm going on a spur of the moment trip, I'll use hot water, uh, which speeds that process up. And I don't hesitate to do that. Um, yeah, I think softness is has a lot to do with it, more so than the colour of the bait or the attractiveness of the bait or losing any attractors. I just think carp enjoy eating a nice, soft, easy-to-eat bait. Yeah. Cool. Hopefully that helps, Andy. Talking of bait, what's, um, what are your plans this year, Pete? You've flitted around with different baits, haven't you? You've been trying lots of different things out. Do you know what you're going to do bait-wise for 2020? Are you getting on a bait and, and you know, campaigning with it? Or are you just going to mix and match like you did Probably last not. I'm probably going to mix and match, if I'm honest, because I can't help myself but to do that. And I think most of guys who listen to this, most of our listeners are bait guys, and they'll understand that. I think it's an addiction that we've got. We've got a sort of piss about with bait, and the only chance you get with testing and pissing about with it is in your own fishing and that's realistically probably what's going to happen i'm going to fish more this year with nuts that's probably going to be my my stable thing okay so i'm not going to change that around too much and then also i'm toying with the idea of, of rolling up a bait and i'm toying with the idea and 
joining the hydro crew and I want to make my own hydrolysate. slate. Um, <clears throat> a nut-based one. I said it, yeah, hydrolly. I said it. Yeah, but then you said slate. Ah, fucked up again. Yeah. You hate it, don't you? I really do, mate. It annoys me. It also annoys me when you call the podcast uh, a pod. Really? A pod, yeah. <laughs> Should we just crack on with the pod? Come on. Hmm. But that's my um, my thing with bait this year. So I think nuts, you know what? I can't really tinker too much with nuts. Yeah, you can. I know with the preparation. But that's going to be my staple thing when it comes to pre-baiting and everything. That's my my mm. one consistent. It's going to be with, with bait. It's going to be nuts, okay? Because I feel I can't. I can prepare lots. I can always have them in the freezer. I can be ready. And then I can tinker. Uh, with bait as I always do mm. I mean you know what I do of my nuts that sounds odd but are you, you going to be doing similar thing to, to what I do or are you doing something different so my, my plan is I'm probably going to be uh, soaking them in molasses to be honest I'm going to be soaking them molasses and cooking them in the molasses and I'm going to leave them to sort of get all gooey into ferment and that's probably as far as it's going to go with my nuts and when you say molasses I'm like mixed with water obviously yeah absolutely yeah yeah so I mean the process is going to be a pretty simple one just nuts nuts in a vessel um, and I'm going to mix boiling water with some molasses um, and leave them for 24, 48 hours. Boil them up and then leave them for five or six days, let them ferment, get all gooey, uh, and then dose them up into freezer bags and leave them in the freezer. And then that's my, that's it done. You know, they store well in the freezer uh, and it's just confidence, isn't it? Yeah. So nuts are going to be part of your armory going into 2021 mm -hmm. um what else do you say you're doing i want to make a nut hydrolysis slate 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 do you know how i say it hydroslate anyway do, do i'm toying really with said? it hydrolysate go on hydrolysate i don't know why you struggle with it mate it really annoys me yeah i, <laughs> I know it does yeah anyway we'll call it hydro um <laughs> oh mate every bait group you're in you see all the hydros and things um i've seen people talking about the bath so british aquafeeds i think they do a nut hydro i've got um, one I just li thinking... literally i've got one on my office desk right in front of me bath no hydro nut yeah promise you mm. uh bath hydro nut i'll give you the ingredients defatted peanut protein sugars water citric acid preservative e202 wow okay mm. interesting sorry mate i interrupted I you i just got excited that i had it in front of me when you mentioned yeah me. um it's nothing first of all dark horse going and buying some nut juice but yeah like read the ingredients for me again sorry so defatted peanut protein yeah sugars Mm -hmm. water citric mm -hmm. acid preservative yep. e202 which is potassium sorbate isn't it e202 i 
think so off the top of my head. It, it, it is. I, so. I mean, that's very pretty common. Used. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um so they are using the like the nut or peanut protein meal aren't they for the base for that liquid uh, they sell a they sell a defatted peanut protein powder i'm sure they do yeah they do they do which is the base of that which is interesting because i wasn't going to use that i was just going to use a like ground down peanut meal um Man, I don't know enough about it. It's just from what I've been sort of reading into. You see, so doing something like that, if I was to buy that defatted protein powder to make my own, I'd be better off buying theirs. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's um, probably been way more cost effective for the levels that I'll use. But it's something I'm interested in, mate. Like you with your amylase and your nuts, it's just doing that process, isn't it? And letting it sort of uh, I do its want... thing. And... Mm, let, what, what do you mean, let it do its thing? Well, in in the in the fermentation bucket, sort of like just doing the whole process. It's got got a, a um, preservative in it. What the bath one? Yeah, yeah. So presumably, it's not active anymore. Well, of course not. No. No. Yeah, I just wouldn't use their uh, like the protein powder, the nut protein powder. Or the high protein nut powder, or whatever it is, the defatted stuff. Mm. It starts to get expensive. I don't know, mate. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, I don't see many of the guys in the Facebook groups doing their own nut hydros. Um, a lot of it's sort of fish based, animal based. Uh, you see loads of the Robin Red, like hydro. Um, I, I, I don't bought go some of these... that as well, haven't you? I bought some just because, I mean, I don't really go on these groups. <laughs> I've poke my head in and it, i think a lot of it's just i don't know i don't want to bad mouth anyone but a lot of it is like they have these collective ideas which are really flawed but i mean how would you go in and like broach that subject well actually you're all wrong you can't can you so it's just i just don't there's a lot of content you know what i'm on about pete um there's a lot of things that they all kind of take as gospel which is just m completely fucking ridiculous to be totally honest with you um so i don't really like these these groups but uh yeah you know everyone's everyone's mad on the hydros in them isn't there um there's this guy that sells the robin red um hydro and uh yeah i bought some just to see if it's as good as everyone says it is so yeah but but that's as far as i've gone with it to be honest have you used it yet yep Okay, yeah. used it on my phone. <clears throat> this like, is going to be ponfish. Yeah, I was going to say this is going to be controversial, isn't it? But um, what's your ponfish maker that time? <laughs> uh, have I told you about it or not? No, but I knew you'd have tested it on them. Obviously, yeah. this is trouble with your ponfish, isn't it? Because so I've been using a legendary, <laughs> legendary Cornish bait, haven't I? And you're just like me. I, you felt actually guilty or bad telling me, didn't you? But you're just like my fish fucking hated it. You want to <laughs> think it's still sat there at the bottom of your pond. <laughs> you want to be careful what you're saying, mate. <laughs> you really do. Well, you're flying you close to the mark here. <laughs> I'm just going off what what you've told me, mate. Yeah, but they'll, I'm um, not saying it. You'll say you'll. They'll be after you, mate. You know what they're like. Well, I'm saying shit. Well, I'm the Cornish that. mafia. The Cornish mafia, mate. They'll be fucking after you. 
Um, look, here's mm. the thing: when you tank, when you're testing things in a in a tank or a, well, in my case, a pond, it might be totally freaking different out in the lake. It might be awesome, <laughs> mate. I like I can literally only report on what I test, and um, yeah, that bait you sent down wasn't didn't fare that well. To be honest, we sent two baits. To be fair, didn't you? One of them was better than the other. One of them was a lot better than one actually. Um, yeah. And yes, and look, same with this Robin Red um, uh, Hydrolysate. Say it's it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's turning carp off, but it nowhere near as freaking good as they all raving about. Um, but then again, it's it's what like what you compare it to, it's, isn't it? If you compare exactly, it to mate. dishwater, it's, it's going to be better. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably sounding disrespectful now, but you know, it, it, yeah, it's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it does sound awful, but, uh, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, you got to understand. But what like, I have to remember, feed, I'm feeding my fish. Like I, I, I testing so many different freaking ingredients and i'm not feeding them boilies now because of the time of the year but i'm giving them lots of food and different things they are getting fed what i've whittled down to be like the most attractive palatable etc etc so they're getting a pretty freaking they're like favorite diet so i'm almost thinking well actually am i then clouding the results of things because almost like they're spoiled for want of a better phrase do you know what i'm trying to say so again, in a real angling situation, that Robin Red Hydrolysate say might be freaking amazing, um, but not to my little diva carp who was spoiled. I don't know. I don't know, mate. I really don't know. Yeah, no, mate. It's just fascinating. I think it's fascinating. I'm quite jealous of your carp, um, and I do think there'll be stuff I'll be sending you this year for you to test out on them. Yeah, I really do. I take great pleasure in i don't know mate it's just it's another big chance for a conversation and finding out do you know what i mean just experimenting yeah yeah i know what you mean mate it's again it's like we always say it's like two hobbies isn't it you've got fishing and then you've got bait making and then it's almost like i've got testing foods on fish that's like almost like a third thing it's different from bait making because there's so many other variables and different things, you know, in, and it's almost like I've now got like a third hobby, you know, keeping the carp. Um, but it's all good, isn't it? It's just, it's just another way to get immersed in angling when you're not actually angling, isn't it really? Should we talk about your fourth hobby? Oh, what's that? That rolling, rolling pop-ups, mate. Rolling hook baits. Well, I said bait making was was. <laughs> I said angling, bait making, and then feeding my fish. So you've like that, that is one of them, mate. Ah, no, no, no. Like, okay, rolling hook baits for our listeners. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to. Ah, uh, I see. I haven't done yeah. it, have I? No. Mm, no. Yeah. Yeah. Busy nice. Christmas. Busy Christmas. Mm, I have actually. Had a lot of online quizzes I've done, you know, Zooms, family. <laughs> yeah, what Pete's getting at is I, I should have rolled a load of hook baits for for you guys, so and I haven't. Um, yeah, I'll get on the case, mate. I will. We have had so many messages. I don't think we'll actually need to advertise them 
when they're all rolled. I really, really don't. I don't know if you've been seeing the messages. We've had a lot of on Facebook as well, to be fair, Pete. And I know Facebook the, is your the, I mean, the Facebook messages, I'm actually, well, we say it's, well, it's complex. let's not go into it. But I'm amazed. So Facebook gets like 25% of our traffic. And the amount of people who've messaged in and said sort of like, save me a tub, save me a tub. It's amazing, mate. And yeah. it's not only that, it'll just do us the biggest favour going um, in helping to support the the podcast. So, yeah. The only Come downside sort is... Sort of like maybe June time. <laughs> it, will oh, be before, it will be before <laughs> June, folks. Don't worry. It will be... You'll have... If you want some hook baits from us, you'll have them by spring. Uh, that, oh, I've said that now, haven't I? It's out there in the ether. Um, we'll make it happen mm. soon. But um, yeah, the only downside is we're going to have to sell a lot of tubs to actually cover all of our costs. Um, it's not cheap, is it? But anyway, we don't want to be bitching about that. Uh, no, no. <clears throat> unlike other no, it's, podcasts. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, God, don't start this again. He's had a few beers. Keep it quiet. Um, no. I mean, we did as well have an offer. We had a, out of the blue message for a company um interested in sponsoring the podcast i don't think it's gonna sort of amount to anything but we're certainly open to it aren't we if if somebody was um had a product or a company out there wanted to sort of speak to us about sponsoring the podcast we certainly wouldn't be um closed doors put it that way i know we don't ever want to sort of like monetize or sort of make money or be bound to commercial obligations um but if there was somebody who had a product and they wanted to speak to samurai or to have their product mentioned on the podcast in a commercial sense to help us fund it we'd certainly be um open open to that would you agree i don't know mate i don't know to be honest because i don't know i'd have to really buy into whatever it was that they were selling yeah. like do you know what i mean i don't i, I just yeah, i i agree dude yeah i don't it's know difficult isn't it and i would I rather just want support it for ever an, sorry carry on i just wouldn't ever want to have that sort of obligation to do so many episodes because such and such wants us to provide this much content you know what i mean it's got to be on our sort of on our terms in a nice way um but I don't want to push forced content, which probably won't be as good for the listener. Um, well, as yeah. well as that, I just wouldn't want to, I, I mean, I'd have to really buy in, like really believe in their product or whatever it was that they were selling. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, I'd rather just sell our hook baits and have that support the podcast. The downside is we'd have to sell so many pots of hook baits to cover the costs. I just don't see it happening, but who knows to be fair. How many people have we had wanting to reserve pots? A lot. So maybe yeah, just do I it think like we'll that. be fine. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, how many pots would we have to sell to cover the costs? Talking hundreds. Because we, we are not going to have much of a markup uh, on them. They're not going to be cheap pop-ups to buy, no. unfortunately. But the markup is pretty minimal. We've got to shift a lot of those, mate. So I don't really. Yeah, it's see true. But who knows? Who knows? It's true. And we've yeah, it's like anything. Like we've um already purchased a lot of ingredients. Um, 
but for each run have costs maybe i don't know it'll work out in time maybe uh, but it's just yeah. for the yeah it's full of love we're not we're not doing it as a business are we no no we're not we're not mate definitely not um well anyway i think we're like waffling anything else you want to add to the podcast anything you want to talk about mate anything that's burning that you want to get off your chest nothing burning no i think now's probably a good time to to round it up it's probably a good time to mention as well the the competition we're running uh with the giveaway mm. uh, which you can enter by giving us a review uh on the itunes podcast app uh so the guys who don't have itunes i think it's fair to say a few of them have left reviews on our facebook page um or comments and they've said that they don't do, use itunes so they've left reviews there so if that if that corresponds not to you, good enough you don't use itunes no it counts mate we are counting them i'm counting them because i'm not an itunes user so that's fair enough um but there's a minimum number of reviews am i right in saying that sam we we need well no people just leave us one review each um yeah, we, no, that's we, right yeah but we need a minimum number of reviews yes yeah, podcast gone down now isn't it i think we're both <laughs> yeah pissed. of course it has. <laughs> um we'll we'll wait basically we're waiting until we get 100 reviews uh we're on like 77 reviews yeah on the itunes is, on itunes the, the trouble is with this is we can't actually count the, the podcast the uh facebook ones can we and stuff well we can we just go through it all Oh, Jesus, that's an effort, isn't it? People have said, oh, I don't have iTunes, but I'll leave a review, and they've left lovely comments and stuff on things, but actually, it's kind of difficult to add them in, isn't it? Well, we've got to somehow add them in. That's not fair yeah. otherwise. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out off air. So 100 iTunes reviews, and then uh, no, no, we'll no, go we through all the others. So once we hit 100, we've got 77 on iTunes. Once we hit 100, we'll go through the others at that point and then pick a winner. Yeah. So look, and by the way, this is not the winner for the best review. Like, leave us a review. Be honest. If you want to tell us we're shit, go ahead and do that. Jesus, they might win. They might. Do, we won't pick you. We'll choose someone. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Look, no, whoever comes. Look, if you want to tell us, it's fine. We'll still enter you. Whatever. Whatever, we will send on the goods to you. Uh, we'll be a bit bitter about it, but whatever. No, I'm joking. Look, leave us be, leave us an honest review. I don't give a shit. Um, we want honest feedback. Um, yeah, everyone's entered. So, yeah, I just wanted to... Anyway, waffling. I wanted to make the point. This is not a competition for the best review. We will add everyone's name into some kind of random online drawer. We'll draw out um, a name, and, and that person will be the winner. Um, and you will win about 100 quid's worth of stuff, probably an o- over 100 quid's worth. And, uh, yeah, happy days. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you know what? It's the kind of thing, like, lots of people think, oh, fuck it, I ain't going to take the time to leave a review because I ain't going to win and you know, whatever. Um, did I tell you I've won two competitions in the month of December? Did I tell you about this? You serious? No. Yeah. <laughs> So just quickly, there, there's this uh, lady who um, she basically she is a um, she's a Hashimoto uh, consultant. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease 
which basically your your okay. body breaks down your thyroid tissue. You it affects your thyroid. Um, so, and and on the side, I won't mention her. Obviously, I won't tell her name, but she sometimes comes to me for advice and like, oh, like there's X, Y, and Z. What do you make of X, Y, and Z? And blah blah blah. So I, anyway, I'm in her group, um, and she's actually recently given that up because she presumably she wants like an easier less you know intensive way of life and she she just does it for general health advice for people and she also sells a bit of body shop which is a million miles away from the skilled job she did before but anyway so i entered into two of her body shop competitions didn't i first time like it came up like pick a number and like whoever gets the right number you're right and i was like well, I know that's going to be number 14. I, I know it sounds odd. I just looked and I was like, it's 14 is the winner. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just in this group to support her, basically, morally. So I was like, fuck it. I'll put my name in there just for a laugh. I won that straight away, um, which was this like oh, face mask. What did you win? Uh, it was a Japanese uh... matcha face mask. Big pot of, yeah. uh, worth, I don't know, mm-hmm. 20 quid, something like that. Um, and then the next one she did, I entered that as well. And I guess that number right as well. So I won this other face mask stuff. This like vitamin C face mask. Anyway, didn't think I'd win that, but I did. <laughs> so if anyone meets me yeah. now, you'll notice my skin is looking pretty. So moral of the story, you never know. You might win, folks. Yeah. Many, many entrants to these competitions. 50. She should have waited for the 100 review mark, shouldn't she? 50, that's half of what she got 10 reviews. We, exactly. That's <laughs> half of what we're going for, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Well, she wasn't waiting for reviews. It was pick a number. But uh, yeah. Anyway, moral of the story is um, you never know. Let's go ahead. Leave us a review. Mm, you never know. Cool. All right, mate. Well, I think that rounds it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been a long tale to this podcast. If you're still listening, thank you so much. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for your messages. Uh, we appreciate you. We enjoy it. We like doing this. Uh, next podcast will be with Tommy Bish, mostly about photography, uh, lined up in the future as well. We plan to get more bait guys on because a lot of people that listen to our podcast are really into the bait side of things. So we'll get more bait guests lined up for you. If you have any suggestions of who we should get on, by all means, reach out, message us, suggest those guests, or even leave it in a review if you like. Um, Even better still, tag the people that you want us to interview in your comments on our social media so they can see it. Um, We'll do our best to get them on. That's it from me. Pete, anything you want to add to that? Nope, we're all good here. We're all good. Thanks, folks. Take care. Stay safe. Lockdown. Enjoy your angling. And we will see you on the next episode. Good night. That was a flat good night from you. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, I like did a nice roundup. You just like, good night. Good night. Yeah, do a good one. Good night. Yeah, be upbeat. I want upbeat. Oh, good night, guys. That's better. That's better. That's as upbeat as it goes. Dang. Yeah. Leaving all this in, I'm not editing it out. Fine. Yeah. Are you quite pissed? Good night. Mate, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah, I am. 
I'm quite pissed. Sure.